0: little ones the sleep manual podcast welcome back to our podcast i'm amanda and i'm here with nikki hi we are pediatric sleep consultants and the founders of little ones at little ones we help families around the world with their baby and toddlers sleep so if you need a hand to visit us at www.littleones.co and we would love to guide you through your current sleep challenges On our podcast today, we are solving your little one's bedtime battles. Yes, we are. Bedtime can be
1: a very stressful time for many, many parents, where their babies or toddlers are fluffing around, crying, not sleeping. This can happen for so many reasons. Today, we're going to talk you through these reasons and what you can do about it.
0: Reason number one, your baby or toddler isn't ready for sleep yet. And mm. I think this is probably a really um, underrated reason, I might yeah. say. Yeah. They've, they've potentially napped too much during the day mm-hmm. or maybe um, you just haven't realized but their awake windows are a little bit too short, which yeah. has then resulted in too much total day sleep or their last nap of the day. Um, this is a, a crucial one as well. Just having that last nap of the day too close to bedtime mm-hmm. or too long can mean that your baby just isn't ready for sleep.
1: And that um, last la- last nap of the day can also be the only nap of the day if they're a toddler mm-hmm. and they're just down to one daytime sleep. So let's let's go right back to the start of this, Amanda, and talk about tiredness, which is what we call it. So they're not ready for sleep. So, <laughs> I mean... We, we generally have a sleep formula, which is, I suppose, yeah. how we would refer to it, where um, our, our goal is to get excellent nighttime sleep. And the way we achieve that is through having a bit more control over what happens in our baby or toddler's days. Yeah, so with their naps and their awake windows. Because we know that what's happening in the day is 100% affecting what's happening in the night. So if we're talking about a little one struggling at bedtime what we're probably looking at really is that and this would be the case for a baby or a toddler is that they're crying they're upset you cannot get them to sleep so it could be I mean in a newborn baby it it's it looks sort of like the witching hour like I remember yeah. with my eldest when I knew nothing as a newborn she we couldn't get her to sleep till 10 11 o'clock at night and I was thinking, this is not right, surely. Babies are supposed to go to bed earlier than this. And I mean, that can continue. Doesn't just that doesn't just have to be applicable to newborns. So if your little one is fighting sleep like that, they're just not going to sleep. That's what we are talking about when we talk about bedtime yeah. battles. So what would we I mean, can you give us an example of what napping too much in the day might be, Amanda?
0: A baby or toddler that is having too much day sleep, it would look like um, they were having really short awake windows in between for a newborn, say, for it. They would have really short awake windows. They wouldn't be awake for very long. Maybe they'd be awake for 45 minutes, but yet they were sort of five, six weeks old at this point now. If they're only awake for 45 minutes, then that means that they're then going back to sleep and then sleeping for a long chunk, you know, even if it is an hour and a half or two hours, but they're doing that multiple times a day. When mm. you add up all of those naps, those naps will add up to a lot of day sleep. Yeah. So that's sort of what a, a newborn um, a too much napping would look like. For a toddler, say, it's a bit easier. Um, with a toddler, you would see or maybe they're just ready to drop a nap. It might be that Mm. they are um, fighting going to sleep, but they're still having a nap. But then of course, that's pushing out bedtime. So I think when they've napped too much during the day, newborns, it's not as easy to know because they will just fight you and they will fight you in a way that looks like so many other things like it might look like they're mm. hungry it might look like they're overtired um or colic just, or it, reflux or, or, or colic or w- yeah. witching hour or whatever yeah. because you, you or know, or no
1: or my baby hates being swaddled <laughs>
0: oh yeah no yeah, your baby's is big just one. fighting sleep not the yeah, swaddle they're fighting sleep because they actually just don't need it. Um, mm. In toddlers and um, older babies, it is a bit more obvious, a little bit, but some people can still miss the signs mm. uh, that when they are fighting the sleep, um, they they will look like they're fighting you like a bedtime battle. They're fluffing around. They're coming and asking you ridiculous questions. Mm. Or maybe they're actually um, pushing out that bedtime a little bit to calibrate their sleep but maybe they're waking earlier in the morning say and that then has meant that they still need the nap and then when Mm. they're having the nap it's actually just a vicious cycle and that nap is causing the bedtime battle and the early morning waking and all of those sorts of things so having that control of the daytime sleep and making sure that your Mm -hmm. baby or toddler is perfectly ready for sleep is just it's just the key to Mm -hmm. give you the knowledge and the the power to understand what is actually happening
1: so if we think so if if you think that your little one is having too many naps during the day or too many nap hours or not enough awake time I mean the best place that you can start is educating yourself on what the awake time should be Uh, and we've got a lot of information on that on our website uh, also inside our app and then it's to be honest, it's actually just you being in control of your little ones' naps a bit more. So it might mean you have to wake them. It probably will mean you have to wake them from their naps at their if they're at risk of oversleeping. But it's it's the lesser evil of yeah. than than them fluffing around and extending bedtime because they're not tired enough. That's not their fault. They're not being naughty. They're no. just not tired enough to go to and sleep. I think-
0: I think as parents we just assume that babies will wake up when they're not tired you know or that that when they've had enough sleep sleep yeah when they and they won't sleep if they've had enough sleep you know my oldest was the biggest um daytime sleeper she she actually just loved sleeping in general but Mm. um what she would do is she would just sleep all day and then it wasn't until for about a week, no no, I think it was about two or three weeks, that she would just wake up at three o'clock in the morning and just lie there silently. She wouldn't, mm. she wouldn't cry out, but she would just lie there silently for an hour or two, and she, as she wasn't crying, it was okay to leave her. But I was just, I just couldn't figure out what was going on with her. But it was just that she was sleeping easily an hour, sometimes two hours too much during the day, mm. and then. Causing that nighttime waking, um, she she didn't have the bedtime battles because she would just she go just to sleep. wanted to go to sleep. Yeah, she would just go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. so having that control during the day will mm. just give
1: you the knowledge and power to and and certainly if your little action. one is approaching a nap transition, as Amanda touched on earlier, which is generally around six months old, they start losing that late afternoon sleep, yeah. uh, and that is Over- that actually is a very common one for fluffing around at bedtime, because that late afternoon sleep historically happens just a couple hours before bedtime anyway. And if your oh, baby yes. is six months old and is still having a sleep at that time, chances and are they're, long now, sleep. Yeah, they're now not going to sleep at bedtime. And that is a big sign that they're ready to drop that nap. Uh, we do have another podcast all about dropping that nap, if you're interested in uh, listening to how nap transitions work. So let's move on but, to the exact, oh, sorry, go Amanda. Yeah, no, no, no. All right, let's move on recently. to the exact opposite of this, and that is yep. that your baby is overtired, because horrifically, undertired and overtired looks pretty much the same.
0: Oh, it's so, so confusing. So yeah. when you're a baby... <laughs> When new baby is overtired, this is when they haven't napped enough or mm. the opposite of the too short awake periods, they've had too long awake periods yeah. in between their naps. Um, this is obviously also a uh, cause then not enough sleep time through the day. Sometimes they may have needed a late afternoon nap, but they didn't have one or, or, you know, maybe it just got too late in the day and you just sort of pushed through. And didn't have a nap when they really needed it, or they might have been going through a, a regression and you mm-hmm. thought that they didn't need a nap. This is a big one around five months, four or five months, especially. It can look like they don't really want to have that late afternoon nap, but and but they, they really don't need, need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really need it. And oh it's the same thing around 18 months when people often confuse uh, the 18 month regression for actually uh, dropping the nap but realistically that nap needs to stay a good uh, <laughs> another 18 with, months <laughs> and, and potentially another year at least yeah. um, So overtiredness can look like they are fighting you mm. so much the same as undertiredness. And, the difference
1: um, is, the difference is that they're probably also going to be very cranky, whereas an yeah. undertired baby or toddler, especially toddler, is just going to be
0: happy. Is, isn't going to be cranky, they're
1: going to be happy, they're going to be frustratingly happy, they're just going to want to play and and a but they're, a, a, but they tired older baby is going to be standing in their crib and they're going to be doing yeah. all their tricks and blowing raspberries and things like that. They're not going to be cranky. They will potentially they won't, get cranky.
0: If they'll get cranky when you put them into bed, or yeah, when they, they, know, they, they that, know they don't want to go to bed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But a, but an overtired one
1: is going to be very upset. Probably before you even start getting them ready for bed, they're going to be grouchy. <laughs> Although in saying that, a lot of toddlers at this point, and this trips a lot of people up. A lot of toddlers who are overtired get a second wind, and that yeah. is. Because when you're overtired, you have a rise in your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone. And that can work like adrenaline in your little one's body. And suddenly they get the second wind. So you might be sort of almost at a time where you'd be able to put them down for an early bedtime. And I've seen my own children do this. Even my seven-year-old still sometimes does this. And you're thinking, oh, you are so tired. You definitely have to go to bed early tonight. And then, then they kind of are able to push through that. And they yep. get the second wind and then they're so, they're crazy. They're like sprinting round, they're manic and you think, oh, okay, you weren't that tired after all. Well, unfortunately, my friend, <laughs> you are beyond the it's point of no return.
0: Beyond, so Yeah, beyond. welcome to hell. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so that my is gosh. a sign of being very overtired and you're going to have to pull out all the stops in that situation to get your little one to actually Go to sleep. So, I mean, the there's no cure for uh, there's no cure for overtiredness, but there is prevention of overtiredness. So, if you suspect that your little ones' bedtime battles um, are because they're overtired, you actually have to start the next day at trying to prevent the overtiredness. Oh. And as Amanda said, yeah. that would be being done by shortening the awake windows, trying to encourage them to have longer more consolidated naps um, just really making sure that their daytime structure is really age appropriate and that they have enough chances for naps and for rest during the day
0: and I think if you end up in that overtired um, bedtime battle situation especially with toddlers this is where you can get really tricked into other sleep associations it can be a week of them fighting you and then all of a sudden you're in their room going to sleep in Mm. their bed with them every night and that's then their new sleep association and then Mm -hmm. they of course want that every night or or you've somehow ended up you know, letting them have 10,000 drinks and needing Mm. to go to the toilet or all of those things. So really quickly can overtiredness and then having to help them settle to sleep can cause into different, um, different Different types of battles. Yeah. Yeah. Different types of battles. And then Mm -hmm. of course you're then having to deal with the overtiredness plus also this new sleep association that you've, um, you've managed managed to wind into the sleep sleep routine. So So, let's move on to reason number three. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is when the bedtime is actually too late. Mm -hmm. Um, People are often really scared of having an early bedtime. I'm not. I like going to bed early. (laughs) (laughs) It can be really (laughs) beneficial, especially if your little one is overtired. And even my own um, seven-year-old, same age as Nikki's little one, uh, the other day she was like oh dad I just don't get to have a, a sleep in you know I just don't I with all of these things I all these after school activities and all of this and you know um we're going out for dinner and I think it was um, my sister's birthday and we were going out but I just don't get to have a sleep in what she actually meant was not a sleep in because we were like but you don't sleep in you don't yeah. sleep past seven in, in the morning you have never have yeah because, <laughs> you this child particularly is it's an impossible task for her to sleep in but um what she actually meant was she wanted to have an early night and oh. um all yeah so she was like I don't get to catch up I don't get to have a sleep in and we were like do you mean an early night and she's like yes dad yes I want to have an early that's night cute. um that's so cute. just having that early night
1: actually kind of- that's that's cute because Cha, my my little one, you know, we actually are trying to – we're not on purpose, but sometimes we try and push her out a little bit later, yeah. you know, more because towards of- 7.30 actually because she's still. And yet yeah. it'll get to 5 to 7 and she goes, can I go to bed now? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was thinking maybe we could have stretched you a bit longer tonight. But, no, she just – I mean her body clock is so, so yes, right. regulated yeah that she's just like this is bedtime my body's tired I want to go to sleep but and um, yeah, yeah so it's actually so amazing clock, how that even works.
0: for you know 7 7:30 for a 7 year old is still and a good bedtime to have yeah. you know like it's not too early and and the other day you know I put my 7 year old she was just so tired she usually will go to bed now at about 7:30 because I've got an older one and mm. We do stories and whatnot, but um, I put I put Mackenzie to bed the other day at six thirty, and she was just straight out. So mm. even for a baby, a baby who's yeah. had a bad day of naps or a bad, you know, night hasn't the night had before. an afternoon, yeah, mm. hasn't had an afternoon nap or that naps are just crap for the day, or a or a it's toddler okay. who's had a
1: busy day at preschool yep. or something, yeah,
0: it's okay to put them to bed at six o'clock, you mm. know, like. It's okay. They will still sleep until the morning. It's okay. Contrary contrary to to
1: popular belief, it doesn't mean they're going to wake up even earlier the next morning. In actual fact, if you're putting your little one to bed too late and they're going to bed overtired, they are definitely going to wake up early in the morning. It doesn't work the other way around. So if they're going to bed tired but not overtired, they're probably going to still sleep through until their normal wake-up time. It's not creating it, – unless it's something ridiculous, like you're putting them to bed at 4.30 in the, in the afternoon yeah. Yeah. for the night. But other than that, you're not going to create an early wake with an early bedtime.
0: It's and a we lie. know this from our older yeah. children as well, because on days when they do go to bed at 8.30 or, you know, you've gone to a movie or something and they've gone to bed later – Nine times out of ten, my seven year old will then wake at five thirty the next mm-hmm. day. They'll wake earlier than earlier they normally than would her have. usual bedtime mm-hmm. because she is just so overtired. And that is horrific
1: and you pay for it for the whole next day.
0: And then I make her have a nap. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be scared of an early no. bedtime. And during these nap transition times that we've talked about before, which is around six months, and then again sort of when you're dropping down to one nap a day around 12, 15 months, and then again around three years when they lose the naps altogether, that is when you definitely bring bedtime forward because your yep. little one is losing some sleep. They are going to be tired while they're catching up. So you have to give them that chance to recalibrate. And I mean, if you get this bedtime stuff right now, honestly, like look at our children, it will they will have awesome bedtimes, throughout their entire childhood you know yeah. my 12 year old still goes to bed at 8 30 and she keeps saying to me can I go to bed at nine and I'm like but you go to bed at 8 30 and you fall asleep straight away and you don't wake up mm-hmm. until seven the next morning so that tells me that you need to be going to bed at 8 30 because you're falling asleep immediately if she was lying in bed awake for an hour or 45 minutes yeah I'd stretch her bedtime out but Um, The earlier the bedtime, the better their chances of a good night's sleep. So let's move on to reason number four that you are having these bedtime challenges with your little one. And that is that their sleep environment is off. So something is not working in there to assist them at bedtime. And their sleep environment could be their own room if they're a bit older or it can be your room if they're still sleeping in your room as a young baby so just whatever room they are sleeping in
0: um well, some people in some countries are recommended to sleep in like the lounge or whatever or the room yeah. that you're in um i take that as the room that you're in at night time i don't think the I, sleep I environment yeah 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 i don't Not yeah it's not
1: their own specific room necessarily yeah yeah so the the thing about the sleep environment is it actually has a really huge impact on your little ones Settling in their sleep. And obviously, the older your baby and your toddler get, the more aware they are of their surroundings. And so they're going to start to 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 notice if there are things in their sleep environment like toys and stimulating musical mobiles. Don't get a musical mobile. Or get one well, if- and use it above the change table during yeah. your day. Don't use it at night when you're trying to get why would they go to sleep? If they could look at some bright, colorful, noisy, musical mobile, that's crazy. So, you want to have this dark, calming, like zen sleep area, nothing stimulating. Don't let your toddler see anything fun in their sleep no. environment because it's all over. It's
0: those people who have those like play toys. In the crib. No, like no. On the side, like sensory on the toys or
1: something. No. Yeah, no, don't do that. Because they're only going to touch it. <laughs> and if they're touching yeah. it, they're not sleeping. Yeah, for sure. So do you so, want to talk about how crucial the dark is, Amanda, in terms of bedtime?
0: Yeah, the dark is obviously right back to when we were cave people. Um, <laughs> the dark is the the number one um sleep indicator that it mm-hmm. is sleeping time um w- so having a dark room is crucial we obviously now have things like power um which <laughs> can extend the dark and lights but, um but mm-hmm. if you think about the actual um you know the physiological physiological reason for sleep you need the dark so um Having a dark room, having the blackout blinds, um, or at least a temporary blackout solution on windows. Or I even know some friends that have three children that didn't have a spare bedroom, so their baby slept in the one of their closets. It didn't have <laughs> windows. Which I bet was it slept fantastic. amazing. Yeah, he does. My yeah, friends, easy. my
1: friends, um, four five month old baby sleeps in her she's a chiropractor sleeps in her clinic one of the rooms in her clinic during the day and it's an internal room so it's completely dark and he sleeps she she says oh he sleeps so much better at the clinic I'm like yeah because the room is pitch black whereas his room at home isn't as dark it's amazing how how much difference yeah but when you can look at it like that it's so obvious the difference it makes so obvious yeah the other reason actually we would we would recommend a dark room for bedtime is because a lot of countries, and ours included, we're down here in New Zealand, have over the summer we have daylight savings. And so mm. it doesn't actually get dark for us until about 9 o'clock at night in those summer months. Oh, in the South and, Island,
0: it doesn't get dark well, yeah, until 11.
1: And also in a lot night. of countries in the tippy top of the world as well where they have a lot of daylight right through right through the night. And if you're trying to put your little one to sleep at seven o'clock and it's literally the sun is still bright outside, they're not going to go to sleep because their bodies are not telling them that it's time for sleep. So having blackout options for your little one's room is so crucial.
0: So crucial. And... And of course, we also know that melatonin is only produced in the dark, and that is the hormone released by your body to help you sleep mm-hmm. and and stay asleep and mm-hmm. stay asleep until the next day. So we need that melatonin to start be start to be produced, and it's only happening in the dark. So having all of the lights on or having you know a, a bright room, it's just not going to work. And so you're just having, having you're, you're actually working
1: against your little ones, your circadian body. rhythm. So
0: make it easy on yourself. And white noise, that is mm. we harp on about white noise, but it is honestly <laughs> just the easiest thing mm-hmm. to do, to add into your little one's room, to make it easier. Um, it gives them something to tune into, it's calming. Um, I even know, like, if my own husband is snoring, I can turn on <laughs> white noise, and it just stops. You mean when me not listening? If. Yeah, yeah. It just stops me <laughs> listening to this, the annoying, frustrating, and anxiety-producing <laughs> snoring sound um, to just a uh, calm steady sound and mm. it's so easy to have playing dur- for the duration of your baby's sleep for and babies if, under eight months old we would recommend having a shh, shh sound that initiates a calming reflex um other older babies can obviously just have plain white noise but having I'm, a shh track is magic, magic. absolutely if you've magic. got
1: other children so for instance oh, yeah. you know my my little one goes to sleep as we know at seven my older two are 8, 8.30. So having the white noise in the youngest child's room who's going to bed first is a really good way of helping to eliminate that FOMO. Block out She can't hear that the others are what they're up to in the rest of the house. And I mean, you yell at them to be quiet, of course, but it's just so good to help block out the household noises and the neighbor's dog yeah. barking across the street and any of it and the neighbor's kids playing outside and... Yeah. yeah. I, we just can't recommend white noise highly enough. We, so much so that we have our own white noise albums across all of the streaming platforms, which um, have everything from this shush sound Amanda's talking about to river noise and beach sound and brown noise and white noise and mountain all river.
0: So <laughs> go and yeah. check those out yeah. if you're in need of some white noise. And even for adults, we recommend it for adults yes. as well. It, anyone who asks me about adult sleep, the first thing I tell them is just put some white noise on. Try it it doesn't have to be white noise; pan. it can be brown noise or pink noise. Something yeah, that you yeah. can listen to sound. without it being annoying. You know, like, like you—you yeah. you will know it's not annoying. It's like rain on so, the
1: roof. You know those beautiful, yeah. soothing sounds. So your little one's sleep environment is really crucial to the success of bedtime, and that's something so easy like you can do that right now you can start implementing some of those things and it's only going to make a positive difference to their bedtime it's not going to adversely affect
0: it so I think just quickly to sum up the sleep environment if you think about a hotel room like there is it's dark there's blackout blinds there's often unknowingly white noise playing because there is actually the sound of the um air conditioning going the circulated air yeah the and lights they've often even now i've noticed that in hotels they'll even have um like the they don't have the alarm clock lights anymore or they will be red um or they'll turn them off and so just a completely dark so if if we look at so the lights and things, they're gone now, you know, and that's what we're talking about, making sure that there's no stimulating lights, mobiles, noises, and making that room nice and dark, and it is just conducive to sleep.
1: Mm -hmm. So moving on then to reason number five, and this is our last reason for today, that your little one is fighting bedtime, and here we're going to specifically talk about toddlers, because this is where we do see a lot of bedtime battles and the reason is quite simply that your toddler thinks it's hilarious to do this at bedtime and you know this will have started for maybe one of the reasons that we've discussed so it could have been that for a few days your toddler was undertired or maybe they were overtired or for for a period of time the sleep environment has been too stimulating or not conducive to sleep so now your toddler is used to this being what happens at bedtime. So whatever yeah. the original reason was, this is now their bedtime routine, and of course they're going to love it. They love their attention. They love it. Even if you're, they, even if you're um, growling at them, they still love yeah. any kind of attention.
0: It's still attention, right?
1: Yeah. Where that's they
0: right. they just fluff around. They ask you questions. They oh. ask for another drink. They ask Bluff around, they'll ask you for another question or another mm-hmm. story or they'll get up 10,000 times just mm-hmm. to look at what you're doing in the kitchen yeah. or in the lounge or whatever, just to look. Um, but this, they'll continue doing it if you're going to give them attention. Yeah, so here right. you're going to need to silently return them to bed without asking for another kiss or 10,000 kisses and cuddles. Yeah. So you Honestly, actually now need to implement... A method. Parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, parenting They got a parent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: to, yeah. To retrain this bedtime behavior.
0: <laughs> yeah, so silently returning them to their bed mm-hmm. and uh, like just boring as anything. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, with your toddler here, if they're – actually, I didn't even mind. I just let them have a drink bottle next to their mm-hmm. bed at this point because this point – you don't really need to control how much water is going in to them at night time. And generally, if they have a drink before bed, it's actually not going to cause them to wet the bed anyway. They'll probably wet the bed anyway if they are a bed wetter. Um, having that drink isn't going to cause a problem. So, And I think just letting them, them have the control here of if they're in a normal bed, having a little drink bottle next to their bedside table obviously don't let them fill it up 20,000 times but Mm -hmm. um it just gives them a little bit of control but otherwise silently returning them to their bed saying that you'll maybe check on them in five minutes or that you just need to go to the bathroom and that you'll check Mm -hmm. on them in five minutes and then after that oh I just need to go and wash my hands I'll check on you in five minutes and oh I just need to go and have a shower I'll come back and check on you so you can implement this sort of method to be able to just keep on checking and saying that you will return and then in the morning when they have finally gone to sleep well at one point you would have noticed they've gone to sleep in the morning make a massive deal about it that they Mm. have gone to sleep by themselves and that you checked on them and so that they know that you returned at that point, that you checked on them and that they were beautifully asleep. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you've like, it's like they've cured cancer, honestly, <laughs> because they will love it. Um, but and, um, the,
1: the goal obviously is to give them nothing. So you, you like yeah. Amanda said, you're silently taking them back to their bed. You're not engaging with them. If so they're wanting you... why ducks have arms yeah, and... Yeah. <laughs> don't have arms. If okay, they... Yeah. Uh, what Max asked me one time, do fish laugh? I was like, why yeah. are you thinking about these things at bedtime? You weird Ugh. child. But... Um, don't, so, um, don't
0: answer the question. Don't answer it.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't answer yeah. it. Just take them back to bed. Yeah, so your goal is to keep your little one in their room at all costs. So... Um, promising that you're going to keep coming back and checking on them means that they're going to stay well hopefully they're going to stay in their room waiting for you to do that so it just straight away alleviates that step of them coming out so you're sort of one step closer to them falling asleep themselves in their bed this is going to take a while and you'll have to take them back to their room about twenty five thousand times the first few nights because they're like what is this why aren't you giving into my demands but yeah, um, sure. yeah, you you really have to stick it out because otherwise this is going to become the new normal, and your toddler is going to continue to do this because they're getting something.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I but, think also this is um, another place where parents think, oh, um, maybe, or uh, this happens often when they have been moved into a bed too early um Mm. rather than staying in their cot which or their their crib which sort of confines them a little bit more but obviously if they're in a bed and they're able to get out
1: they're gonna get out they're
0: gonna get out yeah yeah which actually raises
1: a great point keep them in their cot as long as you can as As long until it's almost not safe anymore or until you need it for another baby which happened in my situation
0: (laughs) It happened um, in my situation too, but I just put my um, older one in a porticot, which was deeper, yeah, yeah, so she yeah, couldn't yeah, get out true. for even longer. Harder, which was and it's not firm even, sides, so they can't really yeah. scale the bars. Yeah, yeah, but obviously, if it is unsafe and if your toddler is getting out of their crib twenty five thousand times, mm-hmm, then it yeah. is time to it's put them into a, bed. a bite the a bullet. bullet.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, in the case of these toddler bedtime battles, the reason for it would originally have been one of the points that we have already discussed. Unfortunately, simply fixing that is not going to resolve the bedtime issue at this point. It will for a younger baby. But in a toddler, they're, they're quick, they're smart, they've learnt that they can manipulate things and that's exactly what they're doing. So yeah. good luck.
0: <laughs> it actually beast. helps.
1: It's, yeah, it's really helpful to have a little checklist uh, with your toddler if they're old enough to appreciate that kind of thing like a bedtime checklist and this immediately alleviates any of the normal reasons that they would get out of bed so they tick it off so you you've got you've brushed your teeth you've gone to the toilet you've had a drink of water you've had two stories you've got x amount of fluffy toys with you you know I've sung you a song and I've kissed you good night so Straight away, there's bed. a whole bunch of reasons that they don't need to get out of bed. They will think of new reasons, but this yeah. is a really good good place to start. <laughs> they will think of <laughs> many reasons. <laughs> All right, so let's wind up this, this episode yeah. on bedtime battles. So we've discussed that maybe your little one is struggling at bedtime because they have had too much sleep already that day, and they're just not tired enough to go to sleep, or maybe they are too tired because they haven't had enough daytime sleep, or they're in a nap transition, or they've had a really busy day, or bedtime is too late, which is also another yeah. um, pretty common reason. Uh, and we've talked extensively about what the ideal sleep environment should look like, the dark room, the white noise, nothing stimulating in there. Um, and we would just add to that, not to, not to use a nightlight with your little one, unless yeah. they are a toddler and have started to develop a fear of the dark. Your babies do not need night lights. That's going to, to be stimulating and encourage them to look around instead of going to sleep. And we've also discussed some strategies to get your toddler to um, cooperate at bedtime by silently yeah. returning them to bed and then promising to keep checking on them and then do keep checking on them.
0: Yeah for sure so thank you so much for listening today as we discussed these bedtime battles please check Mm -hmm. out our other podcasts for tons more sleep advice and make sure you visit our website at www.littleones.co and if you're in any need of help with your baby's bedtime, their naps or their night sleep make sure you visit us on our website or download our app from the app stores and as we've already mentioned we've also got our fantastic white noise tracks on on all all of the streaming platforms all right talk to you in the next podcast this is little ones the sleep manual
1: podcast